0: Greetings, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, TV's Noel Ahead, and Lara Prince. Hi,
1: it's good to see me, isn't it?
0: It is indeed. We have gathered here tonight. To exhume the bodies of past television shows. To see which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast where we decide... No, I don't know the rest of this intro.
1: Man, you are... you did not crush it. Sorry. Good this evening, is why you do it grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We're your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Houlihan. Mm-hmm. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we will analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, only one episode, or like this one, never aired at all. With me as always is TV's Noah Houlihan.
0: I don't know. I thought Saturdays were Batman days. So I will say right off the bat, welcome back, Laura. Hi. You were missed. I don't think I ever talked about the history or the hype or the aftermath in the intro of the previous episodes, but we are taking a break from the blood
1: drive.
0: What? So we can bring Laura back in because Laura missed you.
1: I did. Uh, I missed doing this, and also Blood Drive is what we like to call a 13-hour drama. Yes. And we wanted to not suffer any schedule slip, so we wanted to slip in this little quick episode between them so that you got the episode you deserve this week. Yes. And also got to see me.
0: Yes. So we will be doing this one, then we'll be jumping back into the Blood
1: Drive.
0: You really like that, don't you? That's, that's how it's said in the show. You wouldn't know you didn't watch it.
1: No, I did not. I actually, it's it's so gory that I actually have been listening to headphones when you've been recording. <laughs> <laughs> or watching it, because I, I can't. Just, I cannot. So we are doing Bamation today from 2006. Yes,
0: Bammamation. It is the cartoon spinoff of Viva La Bam, starring Bam Margerid. Margera. Is it, is it Margera or Margerid?
1: Margera. All right. Fine. Let's pour one out. Okay.
0: What do you got there, Laura?
1: I have, I'm sorry, April. Okay. It's a cranberry apple sparkling cocktail. Ooh. And I, I just, I always like April Margera because I always feel bad for her because like her, I spend a lot of time looking around and going, why? Why is this? And I just sympathize with her in all forms.
0: Usually, that makes sense. And
1: she's my she's one of my favorite unsung heroes of the Jackass franchise. So what's in it? Uh, cranberry apple sparkling water. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was expecting more words. No, nah, it's dry It's it's dry January.
0: Oh okay. Uh, I have a normal beer. Oh oh no it it it's been shrunk. So now I have. A little beer. Oh, you have a shrink ray beer? I have a shrink ray beer. If you don't know, a little beer is Liquor 43 uh, with creamer on top. So it looks like a little beer. It is my favorite. I don't know if I want to call it a cocktail. It's a shot. It is my favorite shot. And it's it's one of my favorites. And I haven't had it in a while. And I was like, ah, an excuse.
1: Now, do you take it like a shot or do you sip it like a cocktail?
0: I sip it because it's so good.
1: Yeah, so it... I mean, it can be just a shot-sized cocktail.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it tastes like ice cream. It's, it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And I'm cold, so like the little bit of a burn helps right now.
1: So we open with a very uh, Hanna-Barbera 70s Saturday morning look I title was, sequence. I was
0: trying to place what this looks like. Because it doesn't look like Scooby-Doo. Because of the eyes and... Because the eyes are like the black pupils, and it dawned on... That's only- Scooby-Doo. Oh, no, you're right. They do have the black... Pe- I'm thinking of Scooby-Doo himself, who has the big eyes.
1: No, no. If but you the look humans, at the people...
0: Yeah, the humans have the black dots. I would say it closely resembles Josie and the Pussycats.
1: Yeah, it's in that... In terms
0: of its cartoon style.
1: So, like I said, Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. Like that late 60s, early 70s Hanna-Barbera look. Yeah. Uh, The music's a little more mid-2000s pop-punk. Well, the music I thought
0: was Blink-182, but it's actually The Bloodhound Gang.
1: (laughs) This is my shocked face. Yeah. The, The Bloodhound Gang did the theme song for this. Surprise. Yeah. So we open on Bam and Ryan Dunn. Yes, at a skate ramp in Bam's backyard, and mm. they are both riding skateboards with chainsaws attached. Yes. So we—it is very clear that they're going to take full advantage of cartoon physics. Yeah, yes. it
0: is the skate saw massacre, as the referee—the
1: Pennsylvania skate saw massacre.
0: Yes, as the the referee Lendon says.
1: And so they they jump at each other. And then the skateboards fly out from under them. One murders a squirrel. One cuts off the top of Lendon's head. And then one lands between Ryan's legs. The chain runs and tears Ryan's pants off.
0: Yes. Uh, I want to say a few things just about this opening. Okay. Uh, One, the cartoon was clearly made in like Flash. Yeah. And then uploaded to... What we will find out later was MySpace and then uploaded to YouTube. Yep. You can tell that this has been compressed many times. Mm -hmm. Because, like, the black lines aren't as crisp. Things kind of blur together at times. They do. So it's a little hard to see everything that's going on. In the first couple moments, we see a squirrel get decapitated. Yeah. And, like... It was hard to see what was happening to Linden, but it looks like the top of his head like gets cut off, and then like you see his brain for part of it. Yeah. I want to compare this to Blood Drive. Blood Drive opens with someone being fed to a car and blood going everywhere, and that sets the tone for this is what this show is. Mm-hmm. The rest of this is not nearly as bloody no. as the first couple moments are. So I'm immediately turned off thinking I'm about to watch like a Happy Tree Friends. And yeah. it turns out that is not what we're about to watch.
1: No, I, we'll talk about our review of this later, but I'm going to spoil and say the rest of the show is a little better than this opening scene. Although I actually did like the Pennsylvania Skatesaw Massacre idea.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: to me, it immediately establishes it's jackass with cartoon physics. Yes. And I don't mind that because it fit mm. I don't usually like the adult swimmy violent, like wanton violence. Yeah, violence in car is games. punchline. But this premise actually makes sense for that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's the point, but for this for this premise, it is logical. Yeah. And them getting hurt in funny, stupid ways is the point. Yeah. Uh there's a really There's also in this first scene, like, a very bad Special Olympics joke. Yeah. Because it's the mid-2000s. Yeah, that's
0: not a great one. Uh,
1: I didn't write down the joke verbatim.
0: Nor did I. I might find it and probably not (laughs) include
1: it. It's just a bad Mm -hmm. mid-2000s Special Olympics joke. It's the Stephen Lynch song, essentially. Yeah. And they find a hairdryer in Ryan Dunn's back pocket... And they find out it's a shrink ray that Rake designed. That
0: Rake designed. Remember that.
1: And Bam is like, what? And Ryan says, like, oh, he wanted to make a growth ray for obvious reasons, but he couldn't get it to work. Yeah. Which is a kind of...
0: It's a good subtle joke.
1: Yeah. It's a shockingly subtle joke for Mm -hmm. what I was expecting from this. Mm -hmm. And then they see Deco. And Deco is dressed like a pirate.
0: Yes. Yes. And Bam asks, why is Deco dressed like a pirate? And, and Dunn says, I don't know. I thought Saturdays were Batman Day. Yes.
1: So Deco gets the shrink ray. And then, first, we get a stupid fun sight gag where he shrinks Ryan's tidy whities to be. Yeah, to give him tidy, a wedgie. <laughs> to be excruciatingly tidy whities. Yes. And then he shrinks Ryan along with them. Mm hmm. And then Ryan gets punched in the head by a cricket.
0: Yes who then mates with Ryan? I kind of need to talk about this in detail.
1: Okay. I know
0: you don't want me I, to. <laughs> I don't, but I and you're really going to hate how I talk about it. I uh, want to compare it to Time Traveling Bong. Okay. There's a, the reason we never covered Time Traveling Bong is we watched one episode it was so horrible. Because there's this moment where they are testing whether the woman in time-traveling Bong, because she travels back to the Salem Witch Trials, if she's a witch. So they torture her. Like, they're dunking her underwater. And, like, when she comes up from being underwater, she's screaming and crying. And then she's dunked back in again. And it's so horrible, it's not funny. Right. Meanwhile, with this... Ryan Dunn gets violated by a cricket, Mm -hmm. but his response is like, oh, shucks. Yeah. And then later, like, they cut away from it and stuff happens. And when they cut back, they're cuddling and smoking. Yeah. That's what's funny is, like, they've made this situation that is horrible through a comedic lens rather than a situation that is horrible through a horrible lens and are, are looking at us like funny, right?
1: Yeah, and I, I think that also Ryan Dunn, his general persona mm-hmm. is so roll with the punches. Yes. That we totally buy that he's like, eh, well. Well, this
0: is a good like cartoon version of Jackass because you're taking uh, someone who's like, his whole persona is he gets hurt and then he's like, he makes a joke about it. Yeah. So it would make sense that in the cartoon version they go super extreme in what your body can go through, but they still react the same way. Yeah, I, I think it's well done. I agree. Well done.
1: Well. So then, Lendon's top half gets shrunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they shrink
0: just his like torso, head, and arms.
1: And he announces that he's going to go downtown and look up chick skirts. Yeah. We don't see a lot of London for the rest no. of the show. We only see him like two or three more quick cutaways. April and Phil get out of the car and right after Deco's arm gets shrunk.
0: Yes. And he yells,
1: what about my hand? Ah, it's like a girlfriend to me.
0: Which is a good joke. Yeah. Like we all get that joke. Yep. But. If I can compare it to another cartoon of this time, uh, Code Monkeys, mm-hmm. Code Monkeys would make jokes like this, but the joke would be something like, my hand, I use that to masturbate. <laughs> this goes like a level of at least semi-clever in hiding it, that if you were watching this with a 10-year-old, they wouldn't get the joke.
1: It almost feels a little bit like Venture Brothers-y. Yeah. Like there's that... Little slight veneer of subtlety. Mm-hmm. So they shrink the hamburger Phil Margera is holding. Yeah. And then they shrink his waistline.
0: Yeah, so now he's attractive.
1: And then they shrink down the rest of him and he becomes like more conventionally attractive. Yeah,
0: they're, they're shrinking his fat.
1: Yes. And they go to yell at rake because they need to reverse everything.
0: Yeah, they, they haven't thought about reversing it.
1: And neither has rake. Because mm-hmm. they get to Rake's log cabin in the yes. middle of nowhere, and he's getting ready for a date with Gabriella, mm-hmm. who everyone else calls Scabriella.
0: Yes, because Rake f- was creating his, sh- his shrink ray, looked in a dumpster for parts, and found her in there, and immediately fell in love because, in his eyes, it's the female him.
1: Which does build up to a pretty good joke. Yes. A female rake, wouldn't that make her a hoe?
0: Yes, that's that's a very clever joke.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it, it's actually a pretty smart joke for the show. Yeah.
0: It's it's very surprising that it, it, the show has some wit for what it is.
1: And then they they list reasons that Gabriella is not a good partner. She robbed a liquor store and blamed it on you. She tried to hook up with all your friends. She tried to hook up with your dog. And that's the one Rake chooses to respond to? Yes. He goes, yeah, she's so kind to animals.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a fine joke.
1: So they don't want Rake to hook up with Scabriella. Because mm-hmm. this is like the night they're going to have sex and like seal the deal. And they don't want him to do that. Mm-hmm. Because they don't like her. They don't think she's good for him. We set up like why she's a bad person. So it's not just like they think she's gross. She's also like not loyal to Rake and she's also robs a liquor store and tries to blame him. Mm-hmm. We get a quick cutaway of Lendon walking down the street looking up girl skirts to the tune of staying alive, just so yeah. we reminded that he exists. Mm-hmm. And Ryan, and now Bam shrinks down himself. And their Hummer.
0: And the Hummer. The famous Bam Margera Hummer.
1: And Dico is out doing, uh, like, mission control. And they are going to go where few men have gone before. Inside Rake.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Not no men. Exactly. Few men.
1: (laughs) And they drive up Rake's butt.
0: Yes. That's what happens. (laughs) That is what happens.
1: And then we get... A montage of them trying to internally kick Rake in the nuts.
0: Yes, they, they find his testicles and just start kicking it and drive a car into it. And but that's not enough to stop love. No. Because Rake is still gonna go pick up Scabriella.
1: Who calls him Snake, which I thought was interesting. Of like she also calls him the wrong name. Right. And she hooks up with a guy in exchange for a bucket of chicken.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, our heroes Yeah, I was like,
1: I'm not not talking
0: about this part That's you uh, End up in the stomach of Rake Like, this is a good place to cause havoc And when they get there They find a lot of sperm And Bam says Why is it in his stomach? And then they're attacked by sperm Again It's a Juvenile joke But they don't drive so hard into it where they just say why it's funny. Yeah. They let it be subtle, which is again surprising for a cartoon of this nature, of this nature.
1: Yeah, like the fact that they do make you fill in the blanks a little bit mm-hmm. is borderline respectable. So uh Rick eats the chicken. They stop attacking. Ryan and bam. And Ryan says, that was a load off. Yes, that is again, a great little joke. And I'm like legitimately mad
0: that that was a pretty good joke. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody is like, oh, bam a There's going to be great wordplay in this.
1: But there is. And at the same place... Uh, where Rake and Scabriella are, April and Phil are on a romantic date. Phil's trying to order oysters because he wants to, you know, take advantage of his new body.
0: Yes. Oysters are supposedly an aphrodisiac. That apparently is not true. (laughs) But but especially in the
1: mid-2000s, that was still a quick, easy... Yeah,
0: yeah. It was was
1: oysters... It was cultural shorthand. Yeah. Oysters,
0: uh, green M&M's... And what what else was considered, like, an aphrodisiac? I know most things that looked, like, phallic. Like, they were, like, bananas and carrots.
1: I'd never heard this. No? No. Oh. Were you not a boy in the mid-2000s? I was, in fact, not a boy in the mid-2000s, as it turns out.
0: Oh, all right. Well, maybe your Google searches were a little different than mine.
1: <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Let me see here. You knew the oyster thing. That's cultural shorthand. That's in like every film book. The green M and M's. You didn't have never. No, my <laughs> Sorry relationship. I get very upset. What my relationship with green M and M's is that Van Halen didn't want them in their...
0: No, that's why the green M and M's a sexy woman.
1: Is it really? Yes. I, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why. She's why a would sexy I know that? <laughs> that's so weird. Anyway, is the blue the anxious one? No, there's one that has anxiety now. That's right?
0: the orange one because that was the originally the crispy M&Ms and they were new and like he's like please don't eat me and then they put a pretzel inside of him.
1: Look, I know a
0: lot about the M&M lore.
1: Yeah, you do. <laughs> so,
0: bonus episode: the story of the M&Ms.
1: Oh my god. So. Scabriella makes a pass at Rake, and that's a very mild way of putting it. She pulls him under the table and, like, she's planning to get busy. Yes. And done, and Bam go up into his brain and start punching his brain to, like. Mm-hmm. Bam pulls, like, a book on mind control out of nowhere yes. and starts puppeting him.
0: Yes. It's uh, it's, it's very uh, ratatouille.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. Uh,
0: which, this makes him. Legitimately, make the Woody Woodpecker noise. And I thought that was like an interesting animation reference. Yeah. To invoke Woody Woodpecker. Because Woody Woodpecker is a 1970s cartoon. Yes. Maybe even earlier than that. So, like, the demographic that they're aiming at here. Teenagers in the 2000s probably don't know who Woody Woodpecker is. So it's interesting to invoke that reference.
1: I'm not sure I agree. Uh, just because we would have been a hair young... We would have been about the age that this would have been aiming at. Mm. And
0: we know who Woody Woodpecker is. I know who Woody Woodpecker is, but I can't tell you that I ever saw an... Like a Woody Woodpecker cartoon.
1: They used to air it on Fox Kids. Really? Yeah.
0: I know I rode his roller coaster. (laughs) Uh
1: Yeah, like I'm almost positive they ran Woody Woodpecker on like syndication in the mornings.
0: I knew Woody Woodpecker because as a child I laughed like Woody Woodpecker legitimately. Oh. And and people hated me. My laugh was... "Ah!" (laughs) and uh i needed to stop so i stopped (laughs) so i could have friends
1: yeah universal repackaged the cartoons for a syndicated woody woodpecker show in 1987 okay and there was also the new woody woodpecker show which ran on saturday mornings from 1999 to 2002 so the demographic for this would be familiar with woody woodpecker that's good. This is That's fact. Really <laughs> we're a little light on research for Bamamation. Yeah, Can you tell? Yeah,
0: we're almost at the end of the episode.
1: <laughs> so, uh, the shrink ray gets broken in yes. the melee.
0: It was in the back pocket of, of Deco, of and he sat on it.
1: And we don't really go in order of when things got shrunk down yeah, it's for whatever, narrative reasons. Whatever
0: is plot convenient. Uh, so, basically, breaking the gun reverses the spell. Yeah,
1: Dico's arm and Phil's gut immediately go back to normal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Landon re- Landon regrows at a Scottish festival. Yeah. Instead of looking up a lady's skirt, he's looking up a dude's kilt. Yeah. And it's played for laughs, and like the Scottish man's like, ha ha ha, because <laughs> um, Scottish dudes are generally depicted as being all too happy. Oh. To share that situation.
0: I used to work at a photo development place and i remember my manager with glee handing me a bag of disposable cameras that were used at a scottish wedding <laughs> knowing exactly what i was about to see
1: <laughs> i the fact that i was allowed to purchase this for a friend at the ages involved was shows that my parents made some poor decisions i bought a journal for my best friend when i was in scotland as a teenager And it was just a Scottish guy's butt with the kilt flown up. The fact that I was allowed to purchase this and then give it to my similarly aged 15-year-old friend. (laughs) There was parental negligence involved somewhere. (laughs) So Bam and Ryan see the writing on the wall and are desperate to get out of Rake's body before they get too big. Right. And Bam says, look, you have to do exactly what I tell you or I'll put the video of you and Chris Pontius on YouTube. You know the one. Yeah. Which is like a joke that ages shockingly well. Yeah. Because YouTube. Yeah. Like, YouTube is a threat in 2006. It's still a threat.
0: Mm hmm. It would get taken down in today, though.
1: So, Rake starts blowing snot rockets, which only turns Gabriella on more. Yeah. And Ryan and Bam end up in his mouth.
0: Yeah, so I don't know what the snot rockets are doing. <laughs>
1: bam escapes in time Mm -hmm. they they it gets them out of his brain into the back of his throat right and then
0: but they were in his ear
1: yeah because
0: they were talking to him yet like i don't know what the snot rockets are supposed to do because they don't exit through the nose
1: no bam gets out of his mouth in time but rake swallows ryan yeah and manages to somehow turbo poop out ryan just in time yes uh, the car ends up in Scabriella yes. because they're making out mm-hmm. and the car ends up down her throat.
0: Yes. And then when it becomes car sized again, she explodes.
1: And Rake laments the fact that he'll never find the love of his life. And then they mention like, next time we'll use the time machine. Yeah. And there's also like a moment where Bam concedes that Rake is his friend. Yes. Like, which is the emotional center of this. hmm
0: That even though he is a mustard-hating
1: weirdo, they need him as part of the group. Because they need to strap him to the front of the car like he's Lotso Huggin' Bear from Toy Story 3. Yes,
0: and use him as a hood ornament.
1: So, we get that little moment and they ride off into the sunset. And that's the end of the show.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No credits, so no. we can't tell you much about it.
1: It wasn't. It was an unaired pilot. Uh, uh, Viva La Bam had just ended, right? So they weren't really ready. MTV didn't initially really want to let go of the franchise because, like, mm-hmm. Jackass was over, Viva La Bam was over, and that had been a cash cow. Yeah, for MTV for quite some yeah, time. Yeah, Viva La
0: Bam did really well. I, I believe Viva La Bam ran longer than Wild Boys, so I would it say did. Wild Boys would have also ended. So. We are going to be without Jackass on MTV now
1: for the first time in quite some time. Yeah, and this was just ahead of Jersey Shore kicking off. Okay, so MTV was like a little worried about losing their, you know, their franchise. Mm-hmm. So uh, they they wanted to they wanted to hang on to it, but the uh, MTV executives did not like this. Which is yeah. interesting because I feel like the mid-2000s were essentially a heyday for this.
0: Yeah, it, this seems like it would be fine. Like, I don't think it would be appointment television. I loved Viva La Bam because it was so outlandish. Yeah. And, like, part of the re- the appeal of Viva La Bam is I can't believe they're doing this in reality. Yeah. When you make it a cartoon, it's like, well, now they have no... They have no limits. And
1: they do... And no consequences. And
0: no consequences. And they do explore that well. It's not like they just, like, what I thought it was going to be is just them, like, juggling axes and getting their limbs cut off. Yeah. But no, they're like, no, it's sci-fi. Like, there's some really interesting choices made in this.
1: There are. Uh, I I did genuinely kind of like this. I kind of enjoyed it as
0: well. Uh, There's definitely some missing cast member syndrome in this. Yes. Uh, The the two that jump out to me is the guy that was always building stuff for Bam was Glom. Like, in Viva La Bam, he was like, I have an idea. Call Glom. And Glom would come up and be like, what do you need built?
1: Which they kind of gave to Rake.
0: And they give that to Rake instead, which is a bit odd. Because Rake wasn't really always a series regular on Viva La Bam. Like Deco and Dunn were.
1: I mean, I can honestly see the idea of perhaps he was unable or unwilling to do the voice work.
0: Possible. Uh, the other big one that's missing, in my opinion, is Don Vito. And I know exactly what's going on with Don Vito at this time. Go on. Don Vito, which, who is uh, Bam's uncle. Yes. Who mumbled a lot. He was in the middle of a lawsuit for sexual assault. Mm. And when he appeared in court, he was like, I was in character. I was being Don Vito. Right. So, like, you know, I was just kind of doing my stick. And the judge ruled that he was no longer allowed to be Don Vito. Okay. He wasn't allowed to sign autographs. He was no longer allowed to refer to himself as Don Vito. That was part of the punishment.
1: That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like, it's interesting. I wonder, has that ever been in, like, a legal case with wrestlers? Because that's the only other thing yeah. I can think of. Reality stars and wrestlers are the only thing where I can think of, like, that your character would leak that far into your life.
0: Yeah. I, I can't think of... A, a wrestling case where it was like, I was just working the marks or anything like that. Uh, but I remember finding this case to be very interesting that
1: like, that is super interesting. Yeah.
0: He's no longer allowed to portray that character because he was portraying it in reality and causing problems.
1: Wow. Wow. So that's really, that's really, really interesting.
0: Yeah. I thought you would enjoy that. I did. I didn't even do research. I'm not even going to play the song. That's just a thing I knew.
1: <laughs> Fair. Fair.
0: Uh, And then the other one who's missing is Rab himself, who we've seen in interviews be like, yeah, the day Viva the Bam ended, I jumped in my car and never spoke to any of those people again. So,
1: Yeah, so not everyone had a good Mm -hmm. connection with that. All right, so that's pretty much what we have. For bama Uh
0: There's one thing that we found out. Uh, shout out to Pastime Media. Yeah. Who does a lot of uh, jackass-centered uh, content and also brought this to our attention. Uh, they dug up an interview with Deco, who says, like, this was so unfun that I don't want to do this. And it's so interesting to think about that now. Because at the time, they were young and still willing to destroy their bodies. You think nowadays the idea of the jackass guys being offered voice work, where they don't have to hurt themselves, yeah. sounds magical.
1: <laughs> Brandon DiCamillo also wrote this episode. Did he? Yeah, him, Joseph France, and Aaron Lee wrote Interesting. the episode. Uh, so it might have been that part that was not fun. Hmm. I don't think it was the voice work that was really like the issue for them. Because I do agree that voice work for them would probably feel super easy and super like, oh, you mean just sit in this booth? Yeah. Cool. But we don't necessarily know exactly what kind of executive meddling, how many rewrites, how long it took. true. What kind of, uh, what kind of production elements were involved? I don't really know how that would have worked.
0: Uh. I would also like to bring up that I believe, timeline-wise, this would kind of line up near or around Gamazoid, whatever the heck that show was called that we've reviewed already once on this show, where it was Deco and Rake reenacting video games. Yeah. Uh, So I would imagine that Deco would enjoy doing that, which was a lot less work for him. Than Bammamation. So if one of those things were going to get picked up... Blastozoid, yeah. Blastozoid, It
1: was yeah. right around the same time, you're right. Yeah,
0: I bet he would lean more towards enjoying what Blastozoid was than what Bammamation
1: was. Yeah, because Bammamation is billed as being 2008. Right. Uh, but that is also, I believe, when it was released online. Yeah. Which would have been after it was not picked up as an option by MTV.
0: Right. So yeah, that's going to do it for... Our review part, I think. What's your verdict on this one?
1: I would actually give this a stay tuned. I have to say, I don't think this would have been a show I necessarily would have liked long term. But I think what we saw is enough. When we, do, when we watch the unaired pilots, to me, the stay doomed or stay tuned was should it have gone to series? Yeah. I think this was worth a season.
0: I think this was worth a season as well. I think if you paired it up in a block with some other, like, interesting uh, shows, maybe even kept it at 12 minutes and done, like, the Adult Swim thing, where it's like, here's 12 minutes of animation, here's a 12-minute Beavis and Butthead-esque show. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to think of other animation on MTV at the time, because this would be...
1: Aeon Flux? Is this Aeon Flux era?
0: I think we're beyond Aeon Flux. We're beyond, like, Clone High. We're
1: far beyond Clone High. Um,
0: I was trying to think if there was any other cartoons on MTV. Because I think that's the that's the biggest issue, is it kind of stands out without being partnered with other shows of its...
1: Celebrity country. Deathmatch was still airing in the revival.
0: Okay, I could see you, you match it up with Celebrity Deathmatch.
1: Uh, based on what I'm seeing, The Adventures of Chico and Guapo... And yeah. Friday, the animated series, and Where My Dog's At. But those also all aired on MTV2.
0: Yeah, this is also...
1: An MTV2 show. An
0: MTV2 show. This could totally be a lead-in for Wrestling Society X.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alumnus of the show.
0: Yes. Again, that is the wrong time period for this, but I wanted to bring it up.
1: <laughs> uh, Wonder shows Had originally been...
0: You know what? This would be a great pairing for Wondershows.
1: Yeah, because I I was just flipping through MTV Animation. And that might be part of it.
0: That's where it would go. That's where we go. So I'm going to give it a stay tuned as well. I think there's there's things to be explored here.
1: I agree. I think there's... I, I think with the unaired pilots, to me the question is, is it worth going to series? And I do think this could have gone to series. I
0: also think what you could do with this is if this works as a cartoon series you could do a scripted live action movie where it's like viva la bam goes to space yeah and it's just the insanity of bam being like i built my own rocket
1: yeah like a little bit almost like a bad grandpa-esque yeah like there's a story but there's improv elements and stunt mm-hmm. elements definitely want to go more bad grandpa than action point
0: yes yes it would actually, it would kick off that genre, because it would be before all those other ones came off. And I think Bam would have been a good poster boy for that. I, I agree. Because I will say, Bam's a good director. Not a lot of people know
1: that. I did not know that.
0: Because uh, you've never seen Haggard. I've only seen parts of Haggard. But Haggard's something that's been on our list for a while to check out. Cool. It's the Bam movie. All right, so that is going to do it for this episode of Stay Doomed. Join us next week where we will get back into the blood drive. And then, oh my god. It's Razzie Month. Razzie Month will be coming back right Um, after Blood Drive.
1: uh, When this episode airs, the Razzie nominations will have been announced.
0: Yeah, so I guess we can say them out loud if you'd like.
1: No, I'm not going to. Uh, we'll, we'll, We'll let that be... It, we'll let that stand on its own in the next uh, next episode. However, uh, we're really excited about them. Since we are Razzie voters, we actually do have what's been nominated. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, I will say this much. I don't think there's a nominee that's going to be a bad Stay Doomed episode. Yeah,
0: they all seem like they're going to be good Stay Doomed episodes. So, so we're pretty
1: excited. Uh, you know who probably will we will have already spoken to about this? before this airs, because we'll probably bring this up as soon as they are officially announced, in our Discord
0: for yes. our
1: patrons. Yes. So join our Patreon at
0: patreon.com slash plus two comedy. Also thank you to Matthew for being a fantastic patron. Where can
1: people find us? You can email us at the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And
0: if you're excited to get back into the blood drive, I'm at plus two comedy.
1: If you're excited for Razzie Month I am, as always, at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.